everyone, welcome back for another episode of Investigating Mars. I'm Heidi and I have a special treat for you today. I am joined by the musician, singer, songwriter, Jody Whitesides. Hi Jody. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm alive and well. Oh, that's good. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Jody has a connection to Veronica Mars, as he has had songs appear in episodes of the TV show, but we will come back to that a little bit later. You grew up in Utah, right, Jody? Uh, yes and no. Explain. <laughs> I was born in New York and raised for a while there, and then my parents moved to Utah, which is where they were from, and so I had like what I would call a second childhood in Utah. Uh-huh. Nice. Yes, I live in Utah, so I was interested well, in that. There you go. Um, you in? I am up in Brigham City, so I'm 60 miles north of Salt Lake. Yes, you're, you're a ways north. Mm -hmm. I am familiar with it, though. Yeah. Um, did you take advantage of any of the outdoor sporting opportunities while you were in Utah? I did. I actually was a nationally ranked freestyle skier for a few years. Nice. So I am a decent skier. That's, yeah, that sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I used to race BMX uh, bike racing as well. Oh, cool. And in addition to that, which was not quite so athletic, I used to race radio-controlled cars as well. <laughs> Very cool. And like I, racing then. Well, it's just fun to go fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in terms of going fast, I was actually the number one driver for radio-controlled cars in Utah for a year. Awesome. Which is fun. And then for BMX racing, I used to race that nationally as well. And my cousin, who I believe is from Layton, he was the number one rider in the U.S. for a bunch of years. Very cool. Yes. So how did you get into music? The way I got started was through a lip syncing contest, of all things. Uh, well, actually, more of an air guitar, air band contest that we had at high school once my senior year. And a couple of my friends decided they wanted to do a song by Ozzy Osbourne. And so... The way it worked out is originally I was supposed to be mimicking a bass player and the guy that was supposed to be being like the guitar player in the situation, he wasn't doing a very good job and I kind of had some inkling of how it should go on a guitar more than he did. So we switched places so that he became the bass player, I became the guitar player. And then a friend of mine that I knew who was a guitar player loaned me his Gibson Les Paul and showed me a couple of things on it in terms of the song that we were playing which was Crazy Train and kind of just showed me where I should put my hands at various points in the song because he knew how to play it so we proceeded to do this at the lip syncing air band contest thing and everybody thought we were absolutely amazing. Unfortunately, we didn't win. We only got third place. But afterwards, so many people came up to me thinking that I really knew how to play guitar that I thought, wow, if it's this easy to fool people, maybe I should try and learn to do it for real. 
So that's what I did. I started learning how to play. That is awesome. Did you ever consider a different career path other than music? Consider in what respect? <laughs> um, did you ever start to go into something different? Not necessarily. What I did is I, when I graduated from the University of Utah, I graduated with a degree in film production. So I chose the literally two hardest professions in the world to make money. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> University of Utah, I'm actually planning on going there next year. All right. Yeah. Yeah, for my master's. So. Fun. What are you getting a master's in? Nutrition. Nutrition. Always good. Yeah. I think so. So you're a proponent of organic, non-GMO food. Absolutely. Fantastic. As much as you can get it. <laughs> right. So yes, that's I chose um I chose film production. I originally had started in computer science. And the main reason for that was is I was being fast tracked through the computer science department as I had passed the AP test for computer science in high school. And I also started going to the University of Utah during my senior year of high school. Nice. That's how advanced I was. <laughs> awesome. So, But I just in walking around the halls of the computer science building and computer science department and seeing all of the people that were staring at computer screens and getting, and most of them were also overweight. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see myself wanting to sit for hours on end in front of a computer screen, programming it and becoming fat. Yeah. So what do I do now? I sit for hours <laughs> on end in a studio, still staring at a computer screen, but creating music instead of code. Well, that sounds like more fun. Well, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> and I can move around a little bit more. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, you write your own music, correct? I write a lot of my own music, yes. Great. Do you enjoy that more than singing other people's music? It depends on the song. And the reality is, is compared to most musicians, I really do not know a lot of cover songs. Meaning that most musicians know how to play a ton of other people's material. Right. But I am not one of those people. I generally, if somebody wants me to play something written by somebody else, I literally have to sit down and learn it and then play it. Uh, yeah. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a different route that I did not learn how to play by learning a ton of other people's music. That's mm -hmm. not to say that I haven't played other people's music. In fact, I did do a tribute band once that was... Uh, the music of Queensryche, because I was a fan of those guys at one point, and I did a lot of their material. But to ask me to play it now, I wouldn't be able to. I mean, I might remember it if I sat down and listened to the song and spent a couple hours going over things that I used to be able to play, but I can't play them now. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what instruments do you play besides the guitar? Anything? Yes, I can also play bass. I can play keyboards. I can hold most non-complex drum beats. I sing. Um, I can play mandolin. Uh, any, generally, anything that is stringed, I can play. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. Yeah. 
And in, in relation to that, here's a little story. I was once hired by a friend of mine to play mandolin for a show at a pretty big theater in Southern California called The Coach House in San Juan Capistrano. And she plays Irish music, being that she's Irish. So they obviously have a lot of, you know, interesting instruments going on in there. And so I did not have a mandolin. I had never played a mandolin. And I said, sure, I will do this. So they borrowed me a mandolin, showed me a couple of things, and then I went and played the show playing, you know, guitar on some things and mandolin on others. And after the show, I had about five people from the audience come up and ask me very specifically, one, how long I'd been playing mandolin, and two, could I give them mandolin lessons? <laughs> and so I looked at my wrist, and of course I don't wear a watch, but I made the joke, I said, I've been playing mandolin for about an hour, and sure, I'd be happy to show you what I know on mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, and they were shocked to, to find out that I'd only been playing mandolin for about an hour, which was, you know one of those things but I just any anytime it's a stringed instrument that is not bowed because bowing an instrument's a little different uh -huh. I can generally pick it up and play it right away very cool that's an amazing talent I think it stems from the fact that I used to practice eight hours a day on guitar for about four years straight mm -hmm. so you get good at things after doing stuff for that long yeah <laughs> what is your favorite album of yours that you have worked on of what I've done, mm -hmm. oh, man, that's like trying to choose between children, <laughs> and I don't have any, by the way. Um, you know, that's tough to say, but I will say that my most recent release, Hero Unexpected, is definitely one of my favorites. Um, mostly because of the people that have been involved with it and how it ended up turning out. I think it turned out really phenomenal. So I'll go with Hero Unexpected, just okay. because. But I have newer material that will be coming down the pike soon that I think will be better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Isn't that the way it is for any musician? Their newest stuff is always their best stuff? I don't right. know. Right, yeah. Well, your most recent, you know, it's kind of, you got to really be excited about it, or it's maybe it's just not going to be that great, so. <laughs> yes, well, you definitely have to be excited about it, otherwise there's no reason to do it. Right. Yeah. But I do have parts in songs that I've done in the past where it's like if it comes on on my iTunes or I haven't heard it in a while and I listen to it, I really literally think to myself, wow, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. And not in a bad way, but just in a way of like, that's better than I thought it was mm -hmm. kind of yeah. thing. Um, I was looking through your albums and your music and I came across your Do You Want to Play album. And yes. I thought that it was a really cool and unique idea. Can you tell us about that? It originally started as an idea for the Women's Professional Football League. That's where it started. I was asked to write a theme song for a developmental professional women's football league that never got off the ground. But uh, I really liked the song. I just never knew what to do with it once it was written because it was so specific at the time. But it, it was called Do You Want to Play? Uh -huh. That was the title, and the melody and everything is all the same. What changed was the verse lyrics that ended up coming out. And how that came about was I went to a hockey game at the LA Kings, because I was living in Los Angeles for a long time. 
And I went to an LA Kings game with one of my best friends and they kept playing this song called Go Kings Go. That was this dumb, stupid piece of music that just got everybody completely riled up. And I couldn't understand it. It was just like one of those things is like, it's so dumb that this shouldn't be something that people cheer for. <laughs> That's kind of how I approach it. And the funny thing is, is that one of my other best friends knows the guy that wrote it. <laughs> so I don't want to be totally derogatory towards the guy because, you know, more power to anybody that can get something to get that popular for any kind of sporting event. Mm -hmm. yep. So I went home, I dug out this track that I had done for the Women's Professional Football League and retooled it for hockey. Then I thought about it and I'm like, you know what, I'm doing a version for hockey. Maybe I should just do a version for the Kings, which uh, not the Kings, uh, the Clippers and then for the Lakers. So since those two were kind of the same, that was fairly easy. And then I did a version for essentially all the major teams that were in L.A. that I liked. And I kind of put that out as a little five-song thing, and it did all right for a little bit with absolutely zero promotion. Then about a year after that, I got hooked up with doing music for Fox Sports. And I walked in with that song and the head of music at the time said, you know, this just isn't the right vibe for Fox Sports, but I know the senior marketing person for the NBA. So he put me in touch with the senior marketing person of the NBA and they loved the song. <clears throat> And they wanted to have a copy for the WNBA and the D-League. And I'm like, what the hell's the D-League? <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was thinking. And it turns out that the D-League is the minor leagues of basketball for the NBA. Okay. So I figured, you know, if I'm going to bust out the song and re-record stuff again, I'll just do a version for every team in the D NBA, the WNBA, and the D-League. And that's what I did. Nice. So I then sent all that to the senior marketing person, and I think I overwhelmed them <laughs> with sending them so many different versions. And as such, I, what ended up happening was is that I think the NBA at that point got bought out by TNT, and the whole thing kind of fell through, so they never ended up using it. But I released it on iTunes, and like the other one, it just started selling without me doing any promotion. And then it just kind of mushroomed from there. I thought, well, since this is starting to sell and I'm doing literally nothing to promote it, why don't I do a version for every team in the NHL? So that's what I did. I did a version for every team in the NHL, and then I did a version for every team in Major League Baseball, and then I did a version for every team in the NFL. And it just kind of became this thing that I just did a version for every team, and that's where it sits <laughs> that's awesome there's one of those songs out there for everyone yes and the thing that surprises me most is when somebody actually purchases an entire league worth of the music because it just doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah it's just like okay so you bought every team in the nfl you must be a huge nfl nut <laughs> yeah every team <laughs> yeah you know. Because usually most people are very like, religious about their teams. It's yes. like it's their team and no other team at all. So it's got to be just that one. 
So, and then to expound upon that, about a year ago, or a little over a year ago, another friend of mine that I had met, who is also a music producer, came to me wanting to write a sports anthem to kind of capitalize on the same sort of success that I had gotten with the Do You Want to Play song. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm certainly not going to recut any more versions of Do You Want to Play? <laughs> so let's think of something else. So we came up with one for the sport of soccer, as it's known here in the U.S., and football, as it's known in the rest of the world. And it is called Go Get the Goal. And we decided rather than putting it under my name, we did it under the name of Don't Kick the Baby. So we did a version of Go Get the Goal for every team in Major League Soccer. And then we did a version for the Premier League, the Championship League, N-Power League 1, N-Power League 2. Those are all in the UK. Also did versions for all of the teams in Australia, which yeah. I guess is under the Australian League. We are planning at some point in the future to do Spanish versions, Russian versions, Czech versions, uh, German versions, Italian versions, Dutch versions. We want to do a version of this in every language that soccer is popular in. It's just a matter of getting the translations done and then learning how to sing it in those languages. And I just haven't gotten around to that yet. So you're a bit of an overachiever. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> that actually sounds really amazing. Like, just learning the song in all those different languages would be fun in and of itself. It might be. Originally, we wanted to hire other singers to do it, but it's been problematic in trying to get somebody to do it. And I've had a couple of people offer to do Spanish translations, but nobody's actually come through with completing them and giving them to me in order for me to even attempt it. So... We do have a Spanish version that was demoed out by someone, but they never really followed through on it, and we haven't released that version. So I might be able to use that version as my guide, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. So, But the other thing that was interesting in doing that particular song called Go Get the Goal is that in different languages, the chant is different. So like in U.S. and I think Australia, the chant is, hey, or yeah, hey. And in the U.K., it's oi. Uh -huh. So depending on the language, the chant is either hey or oi. It's very odd. That's or depending on the location of where somebody is. But yeah. that song is starting to do the same thing. Zero promotion, starting to get sales all over the globe, wherever, you know, the soccer releases are. But the original intent on that was actually to get it licensed by Fox Sports in Europe. And unfortunately, my contact ended up getting sacked before that all went down. And while the song is in the library, I don't have any direct push to get it anywhere. Okay, so... Um... Let's see, many of our listeners enjoy yes. a lot of different forms of entertainment. So okay. I have some questions about just different things. Sure. Um, are you watching any current TV shows? The only current TV show that I'm anticipating waiting to see is the season, second half season finale of Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. 
other TV shows that I've watched and devoured is House of Cards is the most recent one. Uh-huh. Um, I don't actually own a television, so when I can, I borrow my Xfinity app from my parent, mm-hmm. and I will watch Restaurant Impossible just because I like food and that guy's fun to watch. Uh-huh. Uh, I also like to watch Bar Rescue when I can, mostly because that guy just spews truth, and people don't like to hear truth. Right. So uh, those are the, the recent TV shows. Past TV shows that I've been fans of would be The X-Files. is one of my favorites. I have a couple of seasons of that on DVD. Um, Heroes which uh-huh. is where Hero Unexpected came from. Ah, yes. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's not a whole lot of other TV shows. Unless somebody really points something out and says, you have to watch this, then I haven't seen a lot of stuff. I know that I've watched Dexter, mm-hmm. The Sopranos, uh, and then as of this morning, Veronica Mars. yes which we will get to in just a minute (laughs) okay so that kind of covers the tv shows that i i can name off the top of my head Uh uh-huh great um do you have a favorite movie do i have a favorite movie it depends on what mood i'm in and what genre i guess i'm thinking of in terms of superhero movies Mm -hmm. my favorite superhero movie was iron man one now, as of this summer, I think it's a toss-up between the Avengers and Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. So, in that genre, I would say it's there. Uh, in odd, lifelike, biographical-type picks, I would say Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. In the dumbass romantic comedy section... <laughs> I would go with Notting Hill. I love that movie. <laughs> well, you know, I, it's, I hate to say the phrase dirty, what is it called? The dirty, uh, oh man, I'm going to forget the phrase. I don't even, I can't even think of the phrase off the top of my head. It's like the 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 thing when somebody likes a B-movie type thing and they say it's like your dirty enjoyment or something that you, uh, because you're not yeah. supposed to admit that you like it. I, I like Notting Hill. I just really do. So there's that. Uh, Prometheus, in terms of a visual aspect of uh, a favorite visual movie, I would have to go with Prometheus because that was just the most astounding 3D movie I think I've ever seen, and I hate 3D. Yeah. So I guess hate's a strong word, but (laughs) 3D tends to give me a headache, and that was the first 3D movie I ever saw that did not give me a headache. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm that way too. I prefer it in 2D. Yes. However, I would see Prometheus again in 3D. No questions asked. I saw it in IMAX 3D. Whatever was, you know, I don't know what they did different, but whatever it was, it was just a visual palette of fun. Mm-hmm. I saw the Avengers that way, and it it was good 3D. It was good 3D as well. It was, yeah. Maybe the IMAX helps. I don't know. (laughs) It could just be the version that they do for IMAX. I don't know. I saw 
uh, James Cameron. Uh, Avatar. Avatar. I saw that movie in IMAX 3D, and it left me with a blaring headache. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one in 3D, too, and it was pretty, but it by the end, it was too much. Yeah, I, and I think I understand why certain movies give me the headache and others didn't. With Prometheus, the 3D was still perspective, but stuff was out of focus if it wasn't being focused on. Mm-hmm. And that made sense. And in Avatar, everything is in focus. And when everything's in focus, it just doesn't make visual sense to me. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Yeah, that makes sense. Too much to your eyes are like everywhere at once. Well, yeah, everything's in focus at once. It just and in 3D, it just hurts. Mm-hmm. That's how it is for me. Yeah. Have you uh, seen Man of Steel yet? I have seen Man of Steel. How did you feel about that? I am yay and nay on it. I liked a lot of it. I disliked a lot of it. And a lot of it was contradictory to the concept of Superman as I know him. Mm-hmm. So I had problems with it in that some of it, the visuals were just way too over the top, especially when they've got people zipping around the screen and you're jumping from focus point to focus point with the way they did it. That was hard on the visual aspect of things. Especially when Krypton was blowing up, there was so much stuff going on on the screen that it was just tough to follow what was happening. Mm-hmm. And then with Superman towards the end, and he's doing the big fight scene, and they're just destroying everything. It's like that's just so anti-Superman. Because uh-huh. whole, his whole concept was, was saving humans and never bringing them in harm's way. And then they're just destroying everything. And it's like, Really? And I was waiting for the humor from the old Christopher Reeve version, kneel before Zod. Uh. <laughs> I was waiting for that line and it never happened. Yeah. So, because that would have been the ultimate tie-in, I think, to old school uh-huh. Superman, but it just didn't happen. And then I had issues with the chronology of certain things, like the, he found the ship on Earth that was from 18,000 years ago or something. <laughs> And for some reason, it had the hologram of his father in it, and it had this the pajama suit that he was to wear. And it's like, he hasn't been there for 18,000 years. How did this happen? Right. Kind of thing. So there was some issues in that respect. Mm-hmm. So so I'm, I'm like a thumb up, thumb down on that uh-huh. in the middle. Um, I read on your blog that you are a bit of a foodie. Yes. So do you enjoy cooking or just eating? Both. (laughs) I do enjoy cooking and I like to cook interesting meals. Not so interesting where it's like eating fried crickets or something. Right. But if I find a really good recipe, I will go through it and make it and enjoy it. And if I like it, I stick it into my recipe book and make tweaks on it. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I am notoriously infamous for is making pizza I've been making pizza for a very long time in fact I worked for a number of years in a pizza restaurant while growing up in Park City oh very cool yes so I'm very adept at making all kinds of really fun pizzas nice 
Are there um, any places when you, if you come and visit Utah that you have to go and eat? Uh, the place I used to work at, I still tend to get pizzas from. Uh, that's about the only place that I really do that for. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest problem I have is knowing how to make pizza so well. I, I, I tend to be a bit of a pizza snob. So I refuse <laughs> to eat Domino's, Pizza Hut, Papa John's. And I think the whole slogan for Papa John's is hilarious. Because we have the best stuff. It's like, no, your stuff still sucks. <laughs> so... In living in L.A., I had a very tough time finding pizza places that I could ever say, yeah, that was good pizza. And the biggest problem I found, and I don't know if it's an L.A. thing or if it's a universal thing, most places undercook their pizza. Uh -huh. So I tend to always ask for things to be well done because when they're well done, they get cooked to the point of being actually correctly cooked instead right. of being burnt to a crisp, which is how most people would say well done would be you're burning it to a crisp. <laughs> right. But with pizza, for some reason, well done teams, tends to mean cooked just right. Mm -hmm. And not saying anything at all means halfway raw. <laughs> and with pizza, raw just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So getting back into music, yes. who would you say are your musical influences? My answer to that is anything I've ever heard, no matter whether I knew who it was or not, is going to influence me one way or the other, whether mm -hmm. it's going to influence me in a good way or a bad way. When I was first learning to play guitar, a lot of it was hard rock. Once I got past that knowing how to play thing and getting into writing, I realized that there's just too much good music out there to ignore. So. I, mean, I do have favorite bands that I have more of their music than anybody else, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily any more influential. Mm -hmm. And in terms of people that I've been compared to, I've been compared to so many people across the board that it, it really can't be pinned down to one artist. Okay. Uh, what is your like favorite type of music to listen to? Rock. Nice. Good well-written, solid rock. Mm -hmm. That is probably my favorite. Cool. Okay, let's talk about Veronica Mars. Okie doke. Your music was played in some of the episodes of the TV show, although we'll talk about this in a minute. There's a, an interesting situation here. Um, how does this process work? Does someone from the TV show approach you about having your music played? If it was coming directly from my catalog of music, yes, that would be the case. However, that's not how it was done for this show. Okay. Um, your music on Veronica Mars was not in the originally aired versions. It came later. It um, is in the, the reruns and in like the streaming versions of the show, correct? Well, I definitely know it's on the reruns. I'm not sure about the streaming, but I would have to think that that would be the case. Yeah, I would imagine that is the case. Um, when, when they ask you, or like, just in general, because I know that you have music in lots of TV shows, mm -hmm. um, when someone wants to know if they can play your music and you give permission, do you know like specifically where it will be placed, what, um, what episode or anything like that? 
Only if I was doing a deal for production on something would I get a cue sheet. Okay. And at that point, that's when I would know when it would be aired in what episode. So when it came to the Veronica Mars thing, that's actually a song that I did for somebody else with another co-writer. And they own the rights on it. And so they did the deal. So I didn't actually get cue sheets on that up front. In fact, I didn't even know about it until I got the performance royalty much later after the fact. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Um, I do want to tell people that the song is titled I Like You. And yes. that they can hear it in, I believe, three episodes of season two. Of so far. Mars. So far, yeah. I might have more coming up in the next quarter. I don't know. I just know that in the last quarter, which is, I guess, the tail end of 2012, is when I got the, the notice of, of three episodes of Veronica Mars. Um, again, just like on, on television in general, um, if like you, when you give your permission for it to be used on an episode, does that permission only allow for them to use it when it airs? And then like, they have to get permission again in order to put it on the DVDs or to put it on, um, streaming or anything like that. It has a lot to do with how the deal is done up front and from what I understand on how some of these deals are done, the music is originally allowed for airing on the TV show on the first run. If it gets popular enough that they will do DVDs and go into syndication and reruns, then they have to go back and renegotiate for it. So what tends to happen sometimes is that the bands who were originally aired on that show say, oh, well, we want this much for the DVD and the reruns and all the other forms of additional airplay, at which point the production company has to think about, well, can we afford that or can we not afford it? And do we want to do a deal for that or not? So it really becomes about how popular the band is. Like, say a song that's in the show and the band blows up and becomes huge, well, they can demand more money because their song became popular mm -hmm. and they're huge. And at that point, the production probably can't, afford that music so they have to go in and replace it with something that is similar okay so my i don't know what song my song replaced so i can't say whether or not that was the case in that particular aspect of those three episodes i do mm -hmm. not know the answer to that okay um so i think we've kind of talked about this a little bit do you get um do you get paid like for each time that the episode airs, is it like a residual kind of a thing? Yes. Okay. So the more it airs, the more I will eventually end up making on that particular. Cut. Okay, that's cool. Uh, what are some of the other TV shows or movies that have featured your music? Oh my. Uh, let's see. Um, and this is by this is the last quarter, so uh -huh. there's more than this, and there's going to be more after. So this is just a small list. The, let's see, NASCAR on Fox, a show that I've never heard of called Oh Sit, The Late Show with Craig Ferguson, Design Squad Nation, American Digger, American Ninja Warrior, Angels Baseball, Atlanta Braves Baseball, Auction Hunters, All My Children, Bang for Your Buck, Braves Live, you can stop me at any time, Big 12 Live, <laughs> Beverly Hills 90210, I'm assuming that's the new version and yes, I, runs probably. of the original. Uh, 
brothers and sisters, Cardinals Live, which is the Cardinals baseball, Cowboys NFL game night, Detroit Tigers Live, uh, the L.A. Dodgers Live, E! News, High School Scoreboard, High School Spotlight, How I Made Millions, Lone Star Conference Showcase. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> MLB Tonight, NASCAR Race Day, On the Fly, One Life to Live, One Tree Hill, Rangers Insider, Rangers Live, Samsung Mobile 500 Preview, which I believe is a NASCAR race thing. Uh -huh, I think so. Selection Sunday for the draft, NS, uh, Sports Day NFL Draft, Sports Day on Air, The Rundown, Tigers Live, Veronica Mars, ding, 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 World's Strictest Parents is the current little list of the last quarter. Nice. So lots of, lots of sports shows, but there's quite a few scripted ones in there too. Yes, and the reason for the sports stuff is, like I said, I got hooked up with Fox Sports, so they're doing mm -hmm. direct deals with a lot of my older material. Very cool. Okay, so uh, are you are you credited at all for music and TV shows? Like, um, like I, you know, with movies, there's like a big credits list. But with TV shows, in my personal experience, it's sometimes really difficult to find out what a song was and um, that was played during an episode of TV. Like, you'll go on message boards and say, hey, does anybody know, you know, what this song is? Where can I get it? That kind of thing. Right, and this is where the applications of SoundHound and Shazam are going to become really the best way forward. Most of the time with incidental type music, they most likely will have a really quick credit that flashes by on the TV screen because people, you know, usually those credits fly by at a bazillion miles an hour. Right. Only because it's required to at least say something about it, but they don't say how long it has to be on the screen. So the answer to that is, is I have no control over it unless I'm super famous and I'm right. not quite there yet. <laughs> You're getting there though. I am getting there. That's right. Um, since this is a Veronica Mars podcast, we should talk specifically about Veronica Mars. I understand you just watched the pilot. I did. And did you enjoy it? I actually did. There were some things I really liked about it and some things that I thought could have been better, but it's like that for anything, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Especially pilots. Yes. Pilots are so hard. So do you think you'll watch more of it? I probably will. Especially if it's available. Is it on an, Is it on Netflix? I don't even know. Oh, it was on the WB.com, and they've taken it down. Except for the pilot, apparently. Yes. Right after we started our podcast. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things. I think for a lot of TV shows, and I, I'm sure that there's... Di difficulties in the licensing of it for Netflix, but I've become a fan of Netflix mm -hmm. and Hulu. Yes. And with both of those, you can cover a fairly wide range. And to answer an earlier question about shows, Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Is another show that I've watched using Hulu as well as The Following. Ah, yes. And I really like The Following. Uh-huh. Although the ending and the cliffhanger is kind of like, really? <laughs> so, but with Veronica Mars, let's, let's get back to this. What I enjoyed about it is I enjoyed the character that Kristen Bell plays. Mm -hmm. I felt that the acting was a little bit forced. But then we're talking early on in her career from like, what, 2004? Yes. 
So, and I'm trying to remember, she was on Heroes. She was, but it was after this. Yes, and she was on Heroes for a little bit, but she played an unlikable character in my uh-huh. on Heroes. <laughs> but I really like the character in Veronica Mars. And the funny thing is, is in talking with Tabitha, I mentioned her hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't normally mention a lot of things about people and their body parts and, and things, but I mentioned her hair. I thought the haircut she had for some of the scenes where it's got this kind of flayed out, almost like Farrah Fawcett style 70s hairdo, but much shorter, was kind of cool. I liked it. Uh-huh. So there's that. Um, I liked the storyline, and I postulated that at the end of it, her mother was having an affair with Kane. Of course, I have no idea if that's the reality of what's happening, but that's what came across in my mind as the show finished. Uh-huh. That that is a great thing about the show is it definitely gets your gets your theories flowing. Sure. It makes this podcast really a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, um so you've heard about the Kickstarter campaign for the movie, I assume. I did. How did you feel about that? I had no idea what it was when I heard about it. <laughs> and then when I got the the notice of saying, hey, we're, you're going to be on the Veronica Mars podcast, I was like, oh. And the only reason why I guess I came about it is because of the fact that I had the music on the TV show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, I guess I need to know a little bit more about this. <laughs> um, and yes, I did hear about the Veronica Mars po- uh, Kickstarter thing. And for the main reason of that, people were, I guess, taken aback that a Hollywood film studio would attempt to go and raise the money for doing a film prior to just doing it like they normally would. Uh-huh. And I guess it proves that the show has traction because enough people who are fans of the show put up money to have them make the film. Yeah. Yes, Much I like... Less than 24 hours, they hit their goal. I wish I could hit my goal in that 24-hour time frame, too, on on the upcoming Pledge Music campaign that I'm doing. Uh, it, it reminds me a bit of how Family Guy was able to get back on the air mm-hmm. in that, I believe, it was Seth MacFarlane... I don't know if he's the one that came up with it, but somebody came up with the concept of people sending in cans of peanuts to the network. Uh-huh. And they got so many cans of peanuts that they put the show back on the air. Yeah. yeah. And now it's like the highest paid show of all time, and he's the highest paid person in TV, period. So, yeah, yeah I think it's a wonderful thing. I mean... It, the concept of famous people and big brands using Kickstarter is, I don't know if it's antithetical, what would be the appropriate word there? I don't know if it's against the grain of the concept, but Mm -hmm. if it works and it brings more people into the idea of crowdfunding and the platform of doing crowdfunding, then I'm kind of all for it at this point. I used to be against it, but I believe I'm for it now. Yeah, which actually brings me into asking about your crowdfunding project. Yes. Would you like to tell us about that? What's the goal of this project? The goal of this is to record a batch of new music. And that batch is 18 songs. 
that has been whittled down from 72 that was originally voted on by friends and family and fans and then after the initial voting that got it down to half that of 36 then I took it to another round of insider industry type friends A&R types and songwriters and such and had them vote on it and got it down to 18 and I decided to go with 18 as I'm going to release the music backwards from how the industry tends to do things in that I'm not going to release a CD up front I'm going to release them as singles over the course of time and then bundle it as a CD at the tail end of the singles promotions okay. and so originally all of this was done under a concept of using an investor who is hopefully going to put up a good chunk of change. My original investment amount that I was looking for was a million dollars because it takes a lot of money to launch a brand nationally. And that's fairly cheap based on the connections that I had. Unfortunately, after going through about um, almost two dozen investors and even lowering the price based on one investor saying he could give us 250 grand. Uh, we never got anybody to pull the trigger and that's unfortunate based on the connections that I had to take it to the top of the musical world so to speak. Uh, so the music is extremely awesome based on all of the feedback from industry people and people that voted on it and songs that didn't make the cut literally didn't make it by hundreds of a point. Wow. So the music's all really strong. So uh, a couple months back, I finally was talked into looking at crowdfunding. And the main reason why I had avoided it for so long is because I've seen so many friends and other bands fail miserably at doing it. And when I was finally talked into doing it, I decided I was going to do a bunch of research and read a few books and obviously with the help of someone else to do it, I would be more prepared. So I've been doing research and reading books and getting things all set. Um, and so now I'm kind of on board with the concept of crowdfunding and we'll see if we can make it successful that being that I'm more prepared than the average person that does it. Yeah. Um, one other fun little fact is that a friend of mine who is famous for designing role-playing games for TSR with Dungeons and Dragons and such in the video game world he has recently become one, a part of one of the most successful Kickstarter campaigns ever in fact in turn yeah I think it's the most successful one they were going for 900,000 they got over 4 million Wow! so I asked him for a few things in terms of stuff to look out for and he gave me a few pointers and such and they were pretty similar to everything else I've been doing research on so I think I'm going in the right direction um, the difference is, is I'm not using Kickstarter I'm using a thing called pledge music okay. which is a crowdfunding platform specifically geared towards music and music only Yes. And the other thing that's nice is that part of the fees that Pledge Music takes goes to charity. Oh, that's very cool. Yes. 
So it's not like they're taking all of the fees and pocketing them. They're actually taking some of the fees and the rest are getting donated to the charity. And I believe it's a charity of my choice. That's even better. So, yes. And the charity that I've currently been looking at and I believe I'm going to be running with on the campaign is bestfriends.org. Cool. Okay. Um, how can people become involved in this? Right now, I would have to say that they will go to my website, which is jodywhitesides.com. Okay. And I will have links and images there that will be linked to the Pledge Music site. And the only reason why I say this is at the moment, I do not know what the link is on Pledge Music for my campaign, as that will be set up next week. Oh, okay. Okay. We can, uh, after you get it, we can actually post it on our website. Oh, cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. So right now, I will say jodywhitesides.com, J-O-D-Y-W-H-I-T-E-S-I-D-E-S.com. Okay, great. And the, the tentative start date is July 8th. All right. Coming, coming up? Yes, coming up rather soon. Yes. yes. Is, is there, there anything else, else that you're working on that you'd like to tell, tell us about? Well, I just finished a co-writing song called The Truth with a friend of mine by the name of Manda Mosher. I do not know what will become of that song just yet but it turned out really good in terms of the demo and i'm also in the process of finishing up and shooting a video for a cover of just give me a reason by pink if you're familiar with that song that she did as a duet with the guy from fun uh, i believe we're going to make that available as a reward for one of the pledge levels that'll be neat um that's one of the things about the the crowdfunding things that is is kind of fun like you're not just handing over your money you know you're you're getting something in return yes and i have quite a few that are rather fun one of them is if you pay enough i will come cook you a gourmet meal <laughs> awesome provided we're in the same vicinity. Right. Uh, another one is is a day of skiing. Being that I've been a formerly national ranked freestyle skier, I can show somebody else how to do some stuff on skis. Uh, another one is custom artwork. I have the Hero Unexpected uh, art that I can do. I think I have a limited run of those that can be signed by the artist that did it, which is my father. And so we got some of those. Uh, another one is to get out and do some hiking and, and just kind of spend an hour or two hiking and, and getting some exercise. And then uh, there's uh, Skype phone calls. There's also getting for different pledges. There's also one for getting selected used gear, like the strings from a song on, a, on the recording or a guitar pick or a drum head signed by the person that played it. Of course, you can't really sign strings, so that'll just have to come with a piece of paper. Uh, also do the, the standard, you know, handwritten lyrics signed. Um, the other thing that I've got on one of the levels is you can purchase the laptop that I wrote the lyrics on. Oh, wow. 
I'll, I'll erase all of my personal information, oh, but you'll be left with the with the files of the original writings of the lyrics that are recorded. That's cool. That's a really unique one. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, so, very cool. Yes. Okay, so other than your website, is there any place else that people can find you on the internet? Lots of places. You can find me on Twitter. It's just at Jody Whitesides. And right now I'm doing a thing that where if somebody follows me on Twitter, I will write them a personal little note that becomes an image that's attached to the tweet oh, cool. for following me. Uh, Facebook, I'm on there at facebook.com, Jody Whitesides Music. I'm also on Tumblr. I think it's just jodywhitesides.tumblr.com. Okay. And Pinterest. I'm on there under Jody Whitesides. So those are the different social networks that I'm currently trying to be most active with. Mm -hmm. uh, other places is the JodyWhitesides.com. And the one other place if people are really interested in getting signed up on my email list is just HearJody.com. H-E-A-R. Okay. Great. We will send people your way. Sweet. Uh, thank you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome. Uh, we are going to play your Hero Unexpected song at the end of this episode so everybody can hear it. And we will put a link in our show notes so that they can go and purchase more of your music. Fantastic. Always like to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than, yeah, I'm, dude, I got your song. I took it off of, like, Napster. Great. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. That helps thank me a lot. Much. Yes. You know, and getting into the whole concept of, of hopefully being paid for doing something that you do well is a, a lovely thing. Like right now with the whole concept of artists fighting back against Pandora and such. Mm -hmm. So when people think that you're making a ton of money just because you've got a lot of placements on television and such, it's not reality. Right. You're making like... <laughs> you know, a few whatever's on this one thing and yes, it, has it doesn't to be add up to add up. Yeah, it takes a lot to add up to a point where you can go out and keep a roof over your head and that sort of thing. Uh -huh. So uh the more power to the fact that I am trying to package my music and create a good enough package of music that people want to pay for it. And that's the real the other gist of this pledge music thing is that I've got a good team of people this time around. Uh, the studio that I'm recording in is a Grammy-winning studio for a lot of Grammy-winning artists that have recorded there. The engineer has worked with a lot of Grammy-winning artists. My co-producer has won Juno Awards and also worked with Grammy-winning artists. Um, my bass player is the bass player also for Jordan Sparks and Sly and the Family Stone and has played for Hanson and numerous other people. Uh, my drummer that's going to be drumming on this has been on things like Kung Fu Panda soundtrack, uh, Bo Bice, um, I'm forgetting people, but he's played for a lot of famous people as well, and he's really excited to be drumming on this. One of the backing vocalists is a good longtime friend of mine who was the singer for Journey for a while, um, and then I have another backing vocalist who is 
who has done backing vocals for a bunch of people, including Puddle Mud, which is one of the ones that sticks out in my head. Wow, you've got a great group of people there. I do. So I'm really looking at this being done and done right and taking the steps to make it pop big time. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on today, and I hope everyone enjoys this song that we will be playing as soon as we're done. Awesome. Thank you. Enjoy Bye. Hero Unexpected. <laughs> Bye. I'm getting glimpses of the man I'm to be. Pushing me on a historic journey It's my turn to be someone this time around I start with flying you